uh, I guess the first thing that shows up is uh, is just the fear, the frustration. And when there's fear and frustration, there's not the Lord. And mm. so that pointed me in the direction of of well, let's let's give it a try. Let's let's see what this is like. What does it mean to just back off and let Him be Lord? Welcome to this week's episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm your host. Today, for our guest, we have Don Turner. Don is an elder at Bernie Bible Church. He is also on the board at His Hill. He is one of, I was uh, just thinking about this last night, I, I've, I, he's one of the, I would say, the five men in my life who have been really the most influential throughout the years. Don has been faithful to hold my feet to the fire. Uh, he's not always aware of that. But, uh, but to challenge me to, uh, to, as the theme of our podcast is, to be fixed on Jesus has been the insistence that, that, Don, that the Lord has used Don for in my life to, to, to keep me accountable to that. And so I'm really appreciative of him willing to come on the podcast. Don is somebody that's not really, uh, he, he is definitely not one that looks to be in the spotlight. You know, he doesn't, he's not crazy about opportunities to speak in public, although when he does it, he's very clear about Christ. And I could tell he was even hesitant to sit in front of the microphone with me now, but he's also one that you know believes that if the Lord is opening a door, he needs to trust Jesus and go through it. So, anyway, I want to introduce you to Don. Don, welcome here. Thank you. It's good to have you. I appreciate you doing this, uh, Don. Uh, you and I have known each other for oh my goodness, it's over thirty years now. Yes, yes. And uh, and uh, you know you and I, you came into my life when I was oh in my in my 20s and then by the time i was into my 30s i was you know we were starting to spend some time together getting to know each other and it was at that point that uh, i i realized you know you know when you're younger you always think that you know your your peers are those that you're your that are your age and i re- i just realized you know i was about 33 somewhere between 33 and 35 i realized gee one of my best friends is don turner and you know, Don, you and I are twenty years apart, um, and uh, but you know that was just a, a really neat thing to have the Lord open up to me to realize, you know, this that that, that how valuable this is, and that I need to I need to take advantage of this. Um, so anyway, I, I just appreciate you you, you being here it means a lot to me. Thank you. Um, Don, uh, tell us a little bit uh, about yourself. Uh, now, you, you've been in Texas for, I guess it's been most of your life now, but it's really not, it, it's not where you're from. Tell us about where you're from, where you grew up, and a little bit about your family. Okay. Well, I grew up in uh, Colorado. I uh, was raised in uh, Wheat Ridge, just uh, west of Denver. Uh, lived there until I was um, 36 years old when I moved to Texas. I've been here, so yes, you're right, I've been here longer than I was in Colorado. Mm. But uh, I grew up in a Christian family. Uh, my folks were awful involved in, in just every kind of ministry you could think of. So I grew up in a in a ministering family, and that's what I saw, and that's what uh, I guess sort of formed my early years in, in Christ. As a matter of fact, I came to uh, to know the Lord through my mother's ministry, we had a, a devotion. We had a Bible reading at uh, at meal times, but before we went to bed, when we were younger, especially, we, 
we read uh, from the scripture and talked about the stories and things like that. And I remember being in John. Uh, it wasn't so much that I knew that I was terrible, uh, which probably a lot of people would say that that was true. But the thing that I realized from from the stories was that there was a separation to, from God, and uh, and it wasn't natural. It wasn't the way it was supposed to be. And so one evening at uh, at my mother's knee, sitting on a little hassock, I opened my heart up to the Lord. I asked Him to come in. I don't remember the exact day. I don't remember a lot about it, although I can picture sitting in the living room at the time. But I was somewhere between six and eight years old, mm-hmm. and that's where uh, where it would begin. My my dad would take us on all the different ministries that he went to. He had a Sunday school in a little coal mining town, uh, was involved in uh, uh, rescue mission, the uh, servicemen center, uh, all kinds of different things, uh, visitation for the American Sunday School Union, just on and on. And he always made us a part of that. And so I, I saw two sides of it. I saw that, that uh, ministry was important not only to him, but uh, it was important to me. It was something I wanted to do, but really didn't have the concept that it was uh, there was something that I couldn't do. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I think, has it been your observation that most believers have to go through that? Yes, I think that every believer has to okay. go through that. Yeah. Mm. You know, we get so excited when we come to know Jesus. And... But at, at, it doesn't take long before really that rest and that peace, that initial rest and peace that was ours in coming to Christ almost disappears. Yes. And then if we're, not, if we're not careful, we can spend a lifetime trying to, to remanufacture that to only be frustrated, yeah. not to find it. Yeah. I guess the things that really uh, impressed me with, with in my failure was the fact that uh, lack of response, but also just the fear, the anxiety, just the, the knowing that I didn't have the peace that uh, that I had originally when I became a Christian. There was just uh, something that was uh, pretty artificial, and the harder I tried, it became more artificial. Mm. And uh, and I didn't like it, but I didn't know what to do with it. About the time it took, uh, it took some maturity. It took some. Uh, study in the Word. Uh, I finally went to uh, a Bible college. Uh, was in a good church. Uh, matter of fact, the president of the Bible college was also our pastor, and so we were under good, uh, good, solid biblical teaching. But for that to really to come home to what it meant for me to live uh, as a servant, as being responsive to Him, being under uh, His complete control. Uh, saw more the the uh, the idea the fear of uh, of death more than I saw of the relationship of like uh, John fifteen of being uh, in the in the vine being able to rest in Him to yeah. be able to trust and and just rely on Him for everything and, mm. and so there was that conflict for a number of years until probably after I got married. Oh really? Yes. Okay. So what was there anything in particular that an event in life that that woke you up to this, or was it just a, a, a steady process of the Lord chipping away? Yeah, I'd say it was more of a process. Uh, it, there was uh, the frustration, but then uh, 
again, examples in my life, uh, people that I knew, the pastor that we had, I saw just the, the calm spirit, uh, uh, just the complete lack of, uh, of, uh, of ego the way I saw it. I mean, to me it was, I still had to have some presence in the, in the activity of my life. I still wanted to be, uh, to be able to take some kind of credit, I guess you could say. It was, yeah. uh, it was just really difficult to, to go and to know that you're, you're working hard and, you're, uh, and feeling the, uh, the lack of rest, the, the feeling the uh, just being uh, tired, worn out, not physically, but uh, but spiritually, just wore out, just lacking any kind of ability or strength. And over a period of time, you know, the Lord just showed me through through the scriptures mostly, you know, that that there was a reason for this. This wasn't a, something that was odd. This is something that was part of the Christian life, the growing process of. Knowing uh, it will even just uh, in the gospels, just seeing this, the the disciples going through the same kind of things, seeing that that their strength failed them every time they mm. exercised it, mm. and yet to see the the great victory that the Lord could bring when when He was in charge, when He was in control, and and we were dependent on Him, and I saw this in in uh, in the disciples and in. in uh, and Paul, obviously, and, and the men I knew, the pastor that, that I've talked about, and and other men saw that uh, that there was a great deal of difference between these people and uh, the other Christians, my peers, and also other older men in the church. I just saw a lot of. Uh, I guess the first thing that shows up is uh, is just the fear, the frustration. And when there's fear and frustration, there's not the Lord. And mm. so that pointed me in the direction of, of well, let's let's give it a try. Let's let's see what this is like. What does it mean to just back off and let him be Lord? Uh, we call him Lord, but uh, maybe we should just uh, give him an opportunity to do that. Let's see what he'll do, and to see him really come through and just do some phenomenal things in in my thinking in my life, uh, preservation and uh, and just encouragements and so many different things that. That uh, that told me there's truth in this. There's mm. a reality to him living his life, and I can avoid all the fears and the frustrations. So it was appealing. So that's the way I, I was sort of drawn to it. What have you found? Found you know in that is I, I'm just curious. I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but but I want to ask it anyway to hear your comments on it. You know, you said that you know, d d just dealing with that that battle to you know, whether or not I should back off. Do I? I need to back. Does does that having backed off? Does that mean that there was no activity? Oh, definitely not. Uh, actually, there was probably a lot of a lot more activity. Okay. Uh, and all of a sudden, the uh, uh, the fatigue became physical and not spiritual. It was mm. just an overwhelming mm. uh, overwhelming. Uh, spiritual strength and, uh, and endurance to the point where physically I would become tired before I was mm. even thinking about doing something different or, or backing off. It, it was uh, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, that's that's consistent with what I've heard, you know, from a lot of people and what I've experienced myself. And that, and, and I remember Major Thomas telling us that, you know, he was he called himself a windmill of activity before coming to that point of backing off 
you know, where he was, you know, he was an evangelist already in the British Isles. And he was, you know, he had been, as a young man, he was preaching on the street corners in, in London, you know, all the time. And there were absolutely no converts for years. And he was, I think, working in the soup kitchens. And he was, you know, he was active, very active. And he became very frustrated because there was no, there was no, rest there was no peace there was no it's just it was just nothing but frustration and he said it was you know there was this experience one night uh, just you know just going before the lord with frustration but scripture started to come to mind you know it's no longer i that live but christ who lives in me i can do all things through him who strengthens me for me to live is christ to die is gain and and the same the same moment where it's you know okay i'll back off and in doing so, he said, you cannot outwork the Holy Spirit. And, you know, it was then that he, the, the, this ministry just began to, to grow. And it's not to say that that's how the Lord is going to use all of us, but it's, you know, it was what the Lord was doing with him to where it turned into an international ministry with centers all over the world. And at one point, Major Thomas had more air miles than anybody else that was traveling with United, or back then it was Continental, Continental Airlines, and they even used him for an advertisement, you know, to because of all the all the miles that he was traveling around the world. But he was quick to say and insistent that this was the activity of the Lord, and it's so it's just, it's just so amazing to me how consistent that testimony is, you know, through those who have learned to back off, like you said. And allow him to be who he is. Um, so that's it's always encouraging to hear that, you know, again, again, and and again, it that doesn't mean that we're all going to be, you know, run this international ministry, you know, be the head of it. But you know, it does mean that what we do is now completely different than what we were doing. So you know, as as you know, you, you as a businessman, you know, with your, you know, you 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 work in construction. Yeah, you know that's it'll be completely different than what you did before. A housewife, you know, being the wife and the mother is completely different than what it was before, because yes. now it's energized, it's empowered by the very life of God. Yes. Paul said in Colossians chapter one that I labor and I strive according to His power, yes. which mightily works within me. This is it's this is no longer I; it's Christ. It's literally His life. Yes. And that's what we were made for, what we were designed Absolutely, for. Absolutely, yeah. And it feels natural. I mean, it feels right when when you do it. I kind of, you said there, people came into it differently. And I, I think my, uh, the difference in, in mine, what you've described for Major Thomas is that it wasn't a, a one time, it wasn't just a flash. Uh, but that was probably because the Lord knows how I learn. Mm. And to, to know a fact without uh, you know, without any activity would would never be a fact to me. He mm. knows that you know when I when I learn anything, it's, it's not the, the academics aren't there until I practiced. Okay. And so for me, you know, it was uh, it was just a little bit at a time. I could see, you know, in this, in the Lord led. First of all, it was in uh, uh, amazingly it wasn't in. The ministry part of my life, but it was in the uh, actually the business part. Okay, uh, and uh, I was in a 
partnership with my brother, and and when uh, I began to see that that there was a lot of frustration, a lot of fear, that uh, as I turned it over to him, that part of my life uh, then became not only manageable but victorious. Mm. And so then it transferred over to other parts, to my family, to the ministry that I that I had, the, the other parts, which probably for most people would seem really strange. It didn't seem like a very good place to start, but that's the way the Lord worked in my life. So, mm. And it, it, it doesn't mean an absence of conflict or trial. No. <laughs> but it, it, it does mean uh, a stability in the conflict and trial. Yes. Had a, um, a, 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 a gentleman in our church when we were living in Louisiana, uh, used to, I used to see him every Sunday. I'd go up to him and say, how you doing? And his response was always this, just right. And that was so intriguing to me. Just yeah. right. What do you mean? Because And then uh, he got sick, and he ended up diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And his and it went pretty quick. His mind was was leaving him quickly. And I put I purposefully avoided the question you know, that I had asked him every Sunday. But after a few months, uh, I was just convicted by the Lord to not do that. So I went up to him and I said, how are you? And I knew it had been really slipping. And he looked at me and he said, just right. And I thought, oh my goodness, there's a sermon in that. And he, he maintained that, you know, till, uh, till the last day I saw him, uh, is that, and it, and it got really bad. And, and, and he, he, and he did die soon after, but that whole thing of it's just right. Yes. You know, is it only someone who has found the 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 necessity of backing off to allow Christ to be who He is yeah. can say it's just right. Yeah, yeah. It's not the circumstances. I always think of Peter. Nothing changed with the tempest. Nothing changed with uh, him being out of the boat. Nothing had changed mm-hmm. except. His thoughts, and when when we trust, when we know that it's Him, that it's that He's sustaining us, that it's not anything that I'm doing, then really the storm doesn't make any difference. It doesn't. Mm. It doesn't affect me. It just uh, it's there. It's a it's an opportunity for Him, uh, but it's not an opportunity to fear. If I'm fearing, then then I'm not trusting, and so mm. that's that's part of the learning process too of going. You know, in in those those, well, through life, they're always uh, compounding. They're always getting greater. But the the opportunities to uh, to trust or to uh, or to fear, uh, they're greater opportunities. It's like this man, I'm sure that he went through a lot early on in his life to preparing for that. Yeah, he did. And I know that's the way the Lord's worked in my life, the the small things. And then when you get to those bigger things, they. You may have the original, you know, just that that moment of of doubt, but uh, but then but he's prepared you. He's prepared me for for this next challenge, whatever it happens to be. And mm. and uh, like I say, the the storm doesn't change anything. Mm. So. You were saying before that we uh, it, it, the Lord works different in individuals' lives. For some of us, it might be that sudden 
event. For others, it's a it, it, it's a step by step maturing process to come to realize that Christ, you know, th- that as you have received Him, so walk in Him. You know that Christ is your life by faith. And um, you know, I was thinking that, you know, for me there was this aha moment. There was this explosion, and but I but I remember from after that moment having thoughts like, oh. Because I did come more from that academic approach, and I can remember thinking, "Oh, that's what this means. That's what that mm-hmm. verse means. That's what they were trying to teach me here. That's what this was." And and because my terminology changed long before my heart did, you know, I could I could get up and and and, and I did teach. I could, you know, I, I could, I could tell people that, you know, that this life is not about you. It's about Christ. You need to abide in Christ. Let Him live through you. It's about Him, His power in you. But I had no idea what I was saying, though I was convinced I did. You know, it wasn't until the Lord brought me to that point where, you know, where I had to to consciously make that decision too, where I had to back off. That this, I can't do this. And it, it was quite a moment for me, but I could see, though, but you know what? The Lord was faithful all along the way. Well, now I can look back and I can see he was showing himself. He was teaching me. He was using people. He was breaking me down, but you know, I was stubborn. So he had to bring me to this one point where it was an, a very much an earth-shattering moment for me. You know, and but But I guess my point is that we see, though, either way, whether it's a, a slow maturing process or this explosion of a, a, an experience, that it's always, even in those two, it's got nothing to do with us. It's always been his faithfulness yes. of taking us there. Yes. And and so, you know, and so with that, that we, all we can do is encourage people to seek yes. the Lord. Yes. Not for what you can get from him, but just to be with him. Just be with him. And we find that like James says, you know, um, um, come to me. Or how, how does how do they how does he say it in chapter four? There, um, draw near, draw near to me, draw near to him, yeah. and he will draw near to you. You know, it's it, you know just to just to be with him. Yeah. And we find that the outcome of that. Don't be with him for what you can get from him, but you find that when you just want to be with him, that he responds with all that he is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, uh, when you experience those those moments, those times, you realize that this is really what we were created for. Mm. This is so right. It's just so natural. It feels like wherever I've chased, wherever I've been, that I've you know I've just missed so much because this is where this is the only thing that makes any difference. This mm. is the only thing that has meaning in this life and when you're there it uh, it's, it's just it's it's a it's just a natural goodness a natural mm. righteousness that you feel mm. right because what you said is it's what we were made for it's how we were designed you know the, yeah. god said let us make man in our image in the image of god yeah. and it's only there in the image of god that we're going to find that we can function as man Yes. You know, anything else is just a cheap imitation. It is. It's just a wannabe. No matter how good the intentions are. Yeah. 
And no matter how right the actions are, you know, without the the literal life of God Himself, it's just it's just a a, a pseudo a pretend um, Christianity. Yeah, it's mm. all fake. Yeah, mm. yeah. We can. I heard one pastor call it um, practical atheism. You know, it's uh, we were saved, but we're yeah. practicing atheists. Yeah, we we live as though there is no God. We live as though it's completely up to us. And that's a sobering yes, it is uh, thought. So there's there's been uh, I would say you know because I've known you for years I know a lot of your story and so I would say there's been some pretty big events in your life that the Lord has um, has worked, you know, his his maturing process in you. And I, uh, I think one of those things would be just marriage. How, um, tell us a little bit, how did you and Penny get to know each other, and, and, and what has the Lord done with your heart in, in being married? How long have you been married? Well, at the end of this month, it'll be 54 years. Okay. Yeah. So how did you get to, how did you meet Penny? Well, I met her at college, uh, Actually, uh, I was living off campus about 30 miles away, and she was on campus her first, she's a year behind me. And uh, my cousin was living with my uh, uncle next door, and and she was riding back and forth to school with us, and uh, both my brother and I, and uh, Penny talked to her, and she, her folks said her dad had had a heart attack, and he was living in Nevada, just mm. sort of on the way between where I lived in the, in the college and was wondering about getting a ride. And so uh, my cousin Judy introduced us and and uh, got to, you know, just talking, going back and forth to school and and through some just events. I mean, I knew the Lord was, was leading, that, uh, that that's what he had for me. I mean, it wasn't all smooth and I wasn't all that uh, depending on, you know, more than what I wanted and what I, uh, what I felt I needed to do. But, uh, you know, the Lord blocked me where I needed to be blocked and he encouraged me where I needed to be encouraged and he, he led me where I needed to be led even though I didn't particularly want to go that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the years, you know, just being married to, to Penny has been just such a blessing. It's, it's, we've, uh, we've had uh, so many opportunities together. We've had so little conflict not that we never disagree, obviously, but never had any major uh, disagreements or, or, or times of, you know, frustration. But uh, we've encouraged each other. Mm-hmm. She's encouraged me to, uh, uh, I guess, to walk with the Lord, not in, in so many words, but just, uh, I guess, the, the main thing that she did was that she always followed me. Mm-hmm. So whatever you're doing, I want to be part of it. Whatever mm. you're going, I want to be. I want to be there with you. I, I, you lead. Mm. You show us what we're going to do, and I'm with you. Mm. And that would just spoke so much to me of, of how I need to be with the Lord, and uh, and just really encouraged me to you know to walk with, to seek God, to mm. to show that kind of confidence in Him that wow. she was showing in me, and and I think it's probably fairly rare. I mean, it's not part of human nature to have that kind of a heart. Right. 
And so it's just, yeah, it's been a, and we've had, I guess, some of the biggest things. You know, we'd been married for nine months when I got drafted. And uh, at the time we were, we had a little Sunday school in a little mountain town and we were uh, leading a, a young people's ministry. We had both junior high and high school. Things were going along. We were busy. Business was going okay. And uh, like I say we'd been married nine months, and all of a sudden, zap, I got drafted. I'm gone for, uh, I don't know, for about six months uh, in schools and things like that. And then I got sent to Vietnam, and so we were separated completely. And the Lord just took everything out of my life. Mm. except my wife. Mm. No, I guess not only just my wife. I had a grandmother that uh, and a mother that sent uh, letters, encouragement. I knew they were praying for me. I knew that uh, this was a time of separation that was good because I needed to see his strength. I needed to see that uh, whatever I was depending on was just false. It, it wasn't, it had no reality to it that... Uh, so when I came back a different person, I guess, and and uh, it it strengthened our relationship because it strengthened our our trust in God, mm. and the more we walk with God, uh, the stronger that relationship gets. And so we depend heavily on each other, and we enjoy being together. And yeah, I would say you know my observation uh, of you and Penny is that you're you are a real team. Your yeah. your partners in whatever's going on, but that doesn't mean that you have to literally be with each other in everything that you're doing, but right. that you're really supporting each other. Right. And definitely, you know, where you are together, you're you're involved in it together. You're supporting each other, you know, physically even in those times, and yeah. and that's always been an encouragement, you know, to, for me to 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 see, you know, we can academically know things. But we need to we need to see those things fleshed out, and and that can be you know that's just nothing but a blessing as the Lord shows His truth using a married couple. What um, you know you said fifty seven years now fifty four fifty four. What so somebody has been married for fifty four years? What would you what kind of advice would you give if there was one thing that you think it would be really important for? The, the husband and then the wife to hear from your you know your experience of being married for 54 years what would you what would you encourage them with well i have to go back to charlie's words charlie being charlie, uh, charlie McCall, McCall, yeah. yeah and uh, i find it so true i mean i have to laugh because it's so true but uh, he he said on a number of occasions you know for to have a good marriage one of you has to die mm. for to have a great marriage both of you have to die mm. And uh, you know what you see in in your in your mate is going to help you spiritually, but what you do spiritually, your relationship to God, is uh, is primary. I mean, you're not going to ever have a good relationship. You're not going to have a good marriage. You're not going to have a good life if you don't have a good marriage. Mm-hmm. And without without having that relationship with God, um, there's there's no chance. There's no opportunity. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that, you know, and when you think about the picture that God gives us of the relationship we're to have with Him in Christ, you know, the marriage being that picture, and then it just, you know, that lesson that you're talking about really just kind of screams as to how we're to be living, you know, yes. in, in all things. And, and isn't that something that, you know, God would give us something 
like because we we're so we as as mankind are so tangible with our thinking and to, that he would give us a picture like that yeah. and and so often we'll, we won't take it seriously you know it, it, as couples we don't see the importance of what we're preaching to the world as man and wife husband and wife and what we're saying to the world that you know this is what's true between me and Jesus yeah. as both husband and wife to say that you know that's and what a big lesson that is what a neat way to just tie it all to you know that just to sum it all up yeah, yeah. I think it does yeah. I mean there's no way the wife is you know looking at Ephesians there's no way the wife is going to submit and there's no way that the husband's going to love you know sacrificially unless we've you know unless we come to that reality that this is not about me. This this union is not about me. I need to I need to die, yes. and and then when both, like you're saying, you know, repeating Charlie, when both the husband and wife come to that, oh my goodness, you know what what that shows, yes. is is unbelievable. You know that's, and it's God's goodness to, to bring us to yes. that to show that. Yeah. Well, you said you served in Vietnam. Um, uh, you know, you were drafted. Did you think there was a chance you were about to be drafted? or? Uh, well, I had an exemption for four years while I was in uh, college. And then I got married just immediately after I graduated within the same month. So I thought maybe there was a chance that, uh, that I would get passed over. But, you know, this was 69 and... They were just gobbling up like a big vacuum, everybody that was breathing. And <laughs> so it was kind of a false hope. Mm. Uh, but there again, it was something, you know, that it was uh, the Lord showing me that, you know, I thought my importance to the church, my importance to the young people that I was working with and and uh, everything that the Lord would, would see that that's where I really belonged. And... Uh, and that wasn't his plan. Mm. And uh, so, you know, to see what all his plan is never the one that we think it's going to be. It's not the one that we would would choose. Uh, so our, the option we have is either to, to kick and scream or we can go along and see what he's uh, what he's doing you know what what the purpose is and, and, and what he has for us what he's what he's teaching us what the lesson is mm. and yet the you know, part of it was uh, being away from the the students uh, the high schoolers especially and and it was it actually tightened our bond you know I still have close relations with with a lot of those kids really? and uh, I have um, you know with penny the the absence I think was uh, made me appreciate her more mm. but more than anything it was just that what I had to learn to appreciate was that I had nothing to offer really yeah. how did that uh, how was that taught well just that uh, you know I, I'm away from everything I know from all of the okay. opportunities these ministries the people I cared about I was away from them uh, there were still opportunities obviously you know there was I was with Guys, all the time, yeah. you know, it's, there was always opportunities to speak, but it wasn't, uh, you know, the, the things that I thought were my strengths in being able to encourage and teach and and just, uh, you know, show Christ. Uh, 
as long as it depended on me, it wasn't going to really have any effect. It's kind of like you've described in in, uh, in other people's lives. You know, when when we come to the point where we realize that that it's him, that uh, he's the one that, that that brings all of the victories, then uh, and sometimes we just have to be separated from the battle to know that the victories are his. Okay. What what was your um, what was your job in Vietnam? Well, actually, I was uh, personal management, which was a school trained uh, position. I was in the uh, area exchange in Da Nang, the I Corps, and uh, I was in the headquarters office. Uh, basically, it was administrative. Uh, had a lot of opportunities though because we oversaw all of the. Uh, Concessionaires and the food services and the and the depots and you know all of that kind of stuff. We saw those kind of thing from a personnel standpoint. But I got to know a lot of the uh, Koreans and Filipinos that were working over there and uh, have relationships with them and and just uh, to be able to help them. Uh, they you know had a lot of difficulty dealing with. Well, everybody does with the army, but you know, for them being, <laughs> you know, second uh, language speakers in English, and it was a, uh, I found a lot of ways that I could help them, and so they would take me along when they would go to uh, concessionaire uh, runs like that. They would uh, just, you want to go along because they knew that I could help them, you know, smooth out some of the things that they weren't understanding, and mm. I was all over the I Corps, clear up to the DMZ, and. Oh wow! Really? And uh, yeah. Explain DMC. DM, the demilitarized zone between right. North and South. Yeah. Uh, Vietnam. And uh, and also we uh, we did the money runs, which means we were in an open jeep carrying a nickel plated forty five that nobody knew for sure whether it fired or not, and we would pick oh. up, you know, anywhere from ten thousand to on the day they exchanged the MPC for the next uh, the next group. Uh, one time we were carrying about a million and a half wow. in an open Jeep, just driving around, going from <sighs> depots back to the headquarters and to the finance. Oh, my goodness. And that was in the 60s. Yeah, this was this was uh, actually when it started in early 70. Okay. Yeah, and I came home in October of 1970. So. Okay. So yeah. what did the, you know, being there... Um, because it was a, you know, it was a crazy time, you know, yeah. for our, our country. There was lots of, dis, you know, desi- divisiveness. There was, you know, yeah. lots of uh, unrest, both at home and, and over. And, and, and I, I guess there had to be a lot of questioning by people who were there, you know, what's going on. And you know, what was what was that like for you to witness and to be a believer in the middle of yeah. You know, the perspectives down low was uh, pretty much everybody was for themselves. They, they realized, you know, that we weren't at war, that uh, we weren't allowed to fight, that uh, that we were working a police action, which the Army has never been good at, that uh, there was no progress to be made, and so everybody just kind of uh, went to um, kind of a, self-preservation mm. and, and, and self-enrichment uh, kind of a, of a motive. Even clear up to the, uh, we were in a, 
a strange outfit. We actually had almost as many uh, officers as we did enlisted men. Really? And they were both Air Force and Army, so it was a really mixed up unit. Hmm. And uh, you could you'd see from from the very top on down, you know. And then we and then we had a lot of uh, Australian and and Filipino and uh, and Korean, a couple of, of uh, some Chinese also, but. It was. It was just. It was very, very different. You could see that, that everywhere without God is 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 about self. It just has to be about self. You could see. You know, when we would go like on the money runs, or we'd just go out to the beach or whatever. That uh, you know, there were there was fear. People, you know, were wondering why we're here. Why am I wasting my time? I could get killed over here. You know, I may not ever get to go home and see my family. Uh, but just to be able to demonstrate that uh, that there is a God, you know, and He He is my safety. He's my strength, but He's my safety. And mm-hmm. in situations I never felt uh, a fear, uh, you know, out on the money runs or or really, you know, wow. the, the actions. You know, sometimes we go to these concessionaires or a bunch of wild South Koreans that uh, were trying. You know, they were black marketeers, really, but. Uh, but they had a status in the in the army, and you sometimes you had to shut them down. The, they were running, uh, you know, prostitutes in the mm. in the uh, different facilities that they had, and they had to shut them down and send them home. And uh, you know, there was a lot of things like that that uh, that could have caused fear. But it was, for me, it was really a time to to understand that God was my protection, and I didn't know that I was going home. I didn't know that I wasn't going to be killed, but it was just like I knew that his will was good. I knew mm. that what he had for me was was perfect. It was a time that I could really rest. And uh, I don't think I probably would have learned that any other way. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't think we should be looking for or trying to certainly trying to put ourselves in tough situations. But isn't it interesting how the Lord... It knows what he's doing Absolutely. in taking us into those things or, or allowing those things to come our way. I remember reading one time something that Billy Graham said that, uh, you know, we, we as believers always want that mountaintop experience. But if you've ever been to the top of a mountain, you realize there's nothing up there but a beautiful view. Yeah. There's absolutely nothing to survive on. And we need those times in the valley to gather what we need to survive on the mountaintop. Yeah. And you, you never appreciate uh, the supply of what you have in Christ until you have the need. And I think sometimes he just allows us to go to those positions where we have every kind of need that there is so that he can show his sufficiency so that we learned to trust him, that this is the one that it has good for us and uh, is is capable. He's the only one that's capable of, of of giving me. I mean, we we all as Christians we have security. We know that mm. whatever happens here, that this is not the end. That it only gets better from mm. here. And we have that that knowledge. We have that understanding academically. But like you say, we don't always live like that. We mm. we we can tend to live like I have to. You know, provide for my own safety. I have to secure myself against all kinds of ruins, financial ruin or whatever like that. And we just really missed 
the uh, just the, the the experience of knowing that he's sufficient wow. for everything. Wow. Every situation and every aspect of our mm. lives. Mm. Yeah, if we're not careful, we we miss out on we miss out on all that Christ is at any given moment. Yeah. And the Bible says That's he good. he is the head of all rule and authority. And I, I know, you know, I, I'm not preaching at or talking at anybody. I, I'm speaking from personal experience. You know, just how busy I can be doing nothing and accomplishing nothing with uh, with maybe sometimes lots of success. You know, protecting myself and being successful at protecting myself, but really just the whole, t- all I've done is cause damage and no real profit. Yeah. That's, that's sobering. Yeah. And yeah, even there, though, we find that the Lord is faithful and that's not out of his control either. Right, yeah. Um, okay, so, you know, you, you got, when did you come home? What year? 70. Okay, 1970. Oh, oh, yeah. And um, so back to Colorado, uh, I'm assuming plugged into the church again. Yes. And uh, and then how long was it before you guys moved to Texas? What year did you move? 82. Okay. Was... What brought you to Texas? Well, that's an interesting question. <laughs> okay. It's it's difficult to answer. You know, I was in a in a partnership with uh, with my brother, and uh, he's since gone home about a year and a half ago to be with the Lord, mm. and he was. Uh, he was walking away from. He was just trying so hard to be successful, and and missing the victory. Mm. And uh, he was trying to run two farms and and do the construction business too, and and wasn't being very successful in any of it. And and I was just getting kind of drugged down. Uh, Lord was taking care of me. I mean, we had all the provision that we needed and. And uh, didn't really feel a lot, but uh, we just had finished uh, building a roller rink, and and uh, my brother-in-law, Penny's sister's husband, was working for us at the time, and uh, we got to talking, and the, somehow the Lord was just saying, "I need to move you out," and, and I can't tell you exactly. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't powerful it wasn't like it was something that i really desired i i had no desire to leave colorado i had no desire to leave the the church or anything that was going on but uh the lord this is one of those times it was almost like a you know a nose ring in the nose and a, a lead rope and <laughs> we just came, but you know it was it, looking back on it i say you know it was a point where my brother went through some really difficult times, came back to the Lord, and it was just such a blessing to have my brother back, uh, to know that mm. love. We were, we were like 14 months apart mm-hmm. and uh, grew up very close and mm-hmm. did everything together. And, and to have him back and on the same path, you know, and, mm. and wanting the same things that I wanted, even though I was in Texas and he was in Colorado, it was still... It was good to see the, you know, the, the things that the Lord wanted to do in my life, just to, uh, again, show me that being dependent on Him is more than success. It's a victory. And 
uh, in so many different ways, provision for us. We came down here with practically nothing, um, and he just provided everything we needed, jobs. And, mm. and uh, one thing, right? I mean, it was just like it was all lined up, like it would have been planned out, you know, years and years and years ago, and we were just kind of walking through it. didn't seem like that at the time. It always seems like, you know, you're just stumbling from one event to another, and, and uh, you don't know where the next step's going to fall, but you look back on it, and you see it was all very carefully orchestrated, and and uh, and it was extremely good for my growth. I don't think uh, being left there in Colorado in the situation that I was, I don't think I would have matured at the same mm. rate that I would. I, I needed those uh, those events in my life that just uh, brought me to to the realization that every day, not just the big concept, not just the overall uh, idea of uh, of Him being Lord, but the moment by moment trusting Him as Lord. Uh, I don't think I would have ever uh, had a chance to experience that. Mm. So. Exactly what it is, you know. You look back and you said I was just there one day, and then I was down here, and <laughs> I can't really explain how how the Lord did that, but I know that it was all Him because it wasn't my desire. Mm. Yeah, you know that's that, that that's something I've had a, 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 a really a person that's really close to me say who uh, who had a successful business. And it got bigger than anything that he could have imagined. And he was adamant with everybody that I didn't do this. It's, it's incapable. He said, he said, I'm incapable of being able to come up with something like this. This is what the Lord has done. And he, you know, he was adamant about that. And you know, I hear you talk about you know, what the Lord has done with you in the years that you've been here and how he's taken care. And I'm just reminded of scripture that, you know, that I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken, you know, that, you know, and we lose sight of those things. And it's just, uh, it's just encouraging to hear, uh, to hear you, you know, say that. You know, that this, you know, you, you know, because, you know, I've known you for, you know, over 30 of those years. And to, you know, and, and, and I know, you know, where you are now, you know, and to say, to hear you say that the Lord did this, yeah. you know, that, and, and that's, and I hope that's encouraging to the, to the listener as well. You know, we're not talking about a health wealth message yeah. here. Yeah. You know, we're simply talking about the faithfulness of God to take care of his. Our Heavenly Father taking care of his children. Yes. And we are given the privilege of knowing his care as we back off and abide yes. in him. A let Just let Jesus have his life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. um, well, you know, Don, I, I think, obviously I could sit and just talk for hours with you I think actually we've done that before um, you know we, we were out for lunch before this with my son-in-law Tylen who was on the podcast last week um, and it was you know and it was we just we it just comes a point where we have to just stop talking make ourselves stop talking and get up uh, but I, I do appreciate you uh, 
uh, you know, begrudgingly <laughs> willing to do this. And, uh, and, and just, you know, for the conversation, I'm thankful for that. But thank you for the example that you are and uh, for your insistence that, you know, th- that anything good in you is of the Lord and, yes. and wanting people to see that. So, uh, so Don, thanks for, thanks for being with me here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us today for the His Hill podcast. You've been listening to our host, Kelly Doherty, and Don Turner, one of our board members and longtime friend of the Hill. We hope hearing from Don was an encouragement to you. Any update on what's happening around the hilltop these days would have to include the heat and the thrill of summer camp. The temperatures have been bouncing from high 90s up to 109 in keeping all of us reaching for water and looking for shade. It has been a huge blessing though amidst the heat to see how God has protected us from too much sun and how even though it has been toasty, everyone has remained in good spirits and excited for camp. We are in our third week of camp and the time we've had here so far has been amazing. God is always at work. He is an active God, and that is evident in each day of camp. Please keep praying for the things God is doing on the hilltop and that each person who comes through here this summer will leave wanting to know God more. Once again, you've been listening to the His Hill podcast featuring our host, Kelly Doherty, along with Don Turner. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm Lizzie, and we'll see you next week.